Hi everyone, welcome to a Narcissism Recovery Podcast. My name is Yitz Epstein, I am your host, I'm a Narcissistic Abuse Life Coach, and today I'm going to be discussing understanding sexual tension. To begin, sexual tension is a social phenomenon that occurs when two individuals interact and one or both feel sexual desire, but the consummation is postponed or never happens. A common scenario or example is where two individuals function in proximity, such as coworkers or in a group or friends but do not have sex to avoid awkwardness or for other reasons. Now, sexual, sexual tension does not have anything to do with the actual act of sex, but is everything that leads up to it. Sexual tension can also occur when two individuals have previously had sexual relations and still feel an attraction towards each other, but do not wish to have sex again for fear of it essentially affecting their current social situation, such as maintaining a relationship with a different partner. Uh, sexual tension can also be felt in situations where two individuals have a relationship devoid of physical contact as in a long-distance relationship. So sexual tension often occurs between individuals where the relationship is close and often flirtatious, yet the two people involved adamantly deny their feelings for each other. Meanwhile, it can appear extremely obvious to other friends or coworkers that such tension is present between these two individuals. When people give in to sexual tension, the relationship can become complicated and awkward if no new relationship level is established as the relationship uh, that existed before is no longer valid. So when sexual tension occurs, it can be said that you have a crush on this person. So when you do have a sexual attraction toward a person, you have a crush on them, uh, there oftentimes is this sort of sexual tension. Um, more often than not, at this point, it is a longing for the idealized version of this person and not necessarily the person themselves. Uh, this is more of a sort of falling in love, the sort of oxytocin, uh, the high rush uh, with the idea uh, of the person and not necessarily, like I mentioned, the actual person. So someone who is struggling with sexual shame, with toxic sexual shame, is actually going to find this uh, intensity, this anxiety, sort of this tension, the sexual tension, very uh, anxiety-inducing and, and frankly, terrifying. Uh, because sexual tension offers the potential, at least from the sort of body language perspective of a sexual encounter, those who have sexual trauma, uh, sexual wounds and shame or intimacy wounds or fear of intimacy are going to fear the feelings that might come up as well. So sexual tension as a result of this is scary and something that they are defended against or try to avoid at all costs. Now the issue with this is that by running from sexual tension, you are also running from potential intimacy that can lead to uh, fulfillment, to connection, to human connection. Now those with sexual shame uh, and have, let's say, the abandonment wound, <clears throat> excuse me, they have this deep craving and desire for human connection are going to be really uncomfortable with sexual tension. It's actually going to be sort of tortured by this, they're going to be tortured by this phenomenon as they sort of want to connect with people and others on a really deep level and in a vulnerable way, but are deeply stifled by the fear of being vulnerable, uh, rejected, uh, fear of intimacy, and fear of their shame sort of being triggered. So sexual tension, as I see it, can be sort of a doorway to intimacy. Without sexual tension, and so that spark that often gets described as sort of feelings, uh, butterflies in your stomach, we wouldn't be motivated to be sexually active, to procreate, uh, to connect on so many different levels, which I believe is extremely natural and necessary for the evolution of the human condition. So from a sexual shame perspective, shame can be seen as a destruction of the human force to share our sense of self and our bodies, our emotions with others in a mutually loving, respectful, and interconnecting way. 
So from a narcissism perspective, which I believe is rooted in deep shame, specifically sexual shame, when a narcissistically wounded individual uh, has extreme shame, this shame, this toxic shame is going to rule the personality of the wounded individual. As a result, sexual tension will trigger this deep sexual shame. Now, because most usually this sexual tension is created with the opposite sex, the opposite sex will be abhorred or hated uh, for their triggering of this deep sexual shame and this sort of self-hate. Now, many narcissistic abusers or perpetrators have mastered the art of igniting sexual tension or creating sexual tension and then manipulating it for personal gain. What they do is they seduce their victims by creating this sexual tension uh, through love bombing, which creates extreme vulnerability in victims. The narcissistic abuser during the honeymoon phase, essentially, of the relationship can then brainwash victims and essentially sexually trauma bond them. Sadly, those who are shame-based, who are wounded, especially sexually and fear intimacy, they have uh, sexual wounds, sexual tension is scary, and many on, many people go on to actually self-destruct or destroy themselves, make themselves look ugly, overweight, let's say, uh, and extremely non-attractive in order to avoid any chance of creating sexual tension, which would then subsequently trigger the inner shame for victims. Those, in addition, who fear confrontation will fear intimacy, which is actually just confrontation with one's authentic self and uh, something that's very scary uh, to face for victims, especially when doing so will confront this, like I mentioned, this inner shame and negative emotions. Sexual tension can often be confused with love because of the intensity, which for many abuse victims, intensity is confused with love. This is also why love bombing, where the narcissist creates sexual tension, uh, is very deceptive because it feels like an all-consuming love that makes up for the extreme deficit left early on in childhood. Uh, but much like any drug, it wears off, leaves victims feeling empty, and feeling entirely duped by the intense feelings of love felt early on. I want to talk a little bit about sexual energy transmutation and sort of how that applies here. Sexual energy transmutation is the idea that we can sort of use our creative energy, which is a very powerful force, and channel it into different things and help us elevate our life. It can be a very powerful force, a very motivating force. I uh, think think turbo engine. You know, when revved, the engine allows us to have to use this powerful energy, propelling us forward in the direction of our dreams, of our higher self, and to take action. Now, something like sexual energy can uh, either elevate or transform our life. It can either degrade us uh, or it can really bring us to uh, self-awareness and self-love. Now, with shame, the sexual energy transmutation becomes very difficult and nearly impossible as being with sexual tension, like I mentioned, uh, is, is really going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be awkward. It's going to bring up this untold, uh, really horrific pain of one's past. So as a result, victims will often run, avoid, and escape any sexual tension, any potential prospect, a partner, any sexual endeavor for fear of it triggering the inner pain. Now, sexual energy transmutation is most notably done by being in the present moment, being mindful, sort of a meditative state of constantly being aware. Uh, so essentially, uh, this present moment awareness is going to elevate you. It's going to bring you to a higher uh, state of being. When you're not elevating yourself, essentially, like I mentioned, this energy can degrade you. So as we know, being present is extremely difficult for abuse victims who have deep, toxic shame, making it even more triggering when there is sexual tension. This really makes it very difficult to face and confront and be motivated to go towards, and as a result, this is something that they will try to avoid. Now, I want to go into a little bit of a concept, which is covert incest, right? So 
most people think covert incest is, which it is, it's sort of an enmeshment with your child. Now, when it comes to sexual tension with the child, uh, this is when parents do not have the their own sexual energy under control. They don't know how to elevate their own sexual energy. Uh, in many instances, they've rejected their own sexuality or feel incredible, uh, intense, toxic shame as a result of their own sexual shame. So in this instance, the parent will subtly and often unconsciously lean on the child to transmute their sexual energy. This is obviously something that the child cannot do. It's wildly inappropriate and severely damaging to the sexual identity of the child, creating untold sexual shame and humiliation. And without realizing that the abusive parent actually has energetically uh, enmeshed with their child, and the result is a profoundly damaging experience where the child is essentially parentified, uh, and this is, like I mentioned, covert incest. So I know this is a lot of powerful, potent information. So if it's overwhelming, uh, do what you can to take it with a grain of salt. This is uh, a lot of information here, uh, but I think it's so extremely important to understand sexual tension and the role it plays in narcissistic abuse and and, and sexual uh, sexual energy transmutation and how that actually can be very damaging uh, for relationships, ones that are intimate, ones that are trying to connect uh, sexually. I want to finish off with saying like this. Our sexuality, the way I see it, is something to be extremely proud of. Uh, and, and really, having a sexual identity is something that is natural to the human condition. Uh, now, if you were raised in a home where there was shameful attitudes regarding sex, maybe there was hush-hush tones, or you were just made to feel bad about your sexual identity or sexual exploration, uh, uh, this will really cause you to develop a self-shaming or hating attitude with sex and sexuality. And this makes it very difficult to connect with others in a healthy way, uh, especially intimately or sexually. So based on this, it is so extremely important to heal your sexual identity and your relationship with the idea of sex, with sex itself, with your own sexuality, with the opposite sex. If this is something that you struggle with, if you absorb self-shaming and hating sexual messages, please allow me to help you heal this identity and develop a self-accepting, self-loving, and healthy, intimate relationship with yourself so that you can then go out and connect with other people in a healthy way, sharing your sexuality with them in a way that elevates you as opposed to degrades you. So if this is a struggle for you, please reach out for a free 15-minute consultation. My email is info at yitzepstein.com. The number to reach me is 818-210-6049. I want to thank you so very much for listening to this episode. Until next time, all the very best.